Amen. That was great singing. We're going to turn in our Bibles, please, for our reading, our scripture reading. We're turning to the New Testament, to the book of Acts, and the chapter 26. The book of Acts is often referred to as the Acts of the Apostles. It's really the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles and the mighty moving of the Holy Ghost upon the church. And the only hope for our land and for our nation is through the church, because God has ordained by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And blessing will only come through his church, that is his means and his method, his way. And we pray that God tonight would stir up our hearts as we consider his precious word. Acts chapter 26, we're going to break into the chapter, commencing to read here from the verse 12. And here we find the Apostle Paul before King Agrippa. And Paul here is giving an account and he's basically relating his testimony and then he preaches unto the king. So here we have Paul giving this uh, delivery here to King Agrippa and to those listening. And that's just a little bit of the context. Reading from the verse 12. Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun, shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the bricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, which showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do work meet for repentance. For these causes, the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer, and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself, much learning doth make thee mad. But he said, 
I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. For the king knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. And when he had thus spoken, the king rose up and the governor and Bernice and they that sat with them. And when they were gone aside, they talked between themselves, saying, This man doeth nothing worthy of death or bonds. Then said Agrippa unto Festus, This man might have been set at liberty if he had not appealed unto Caesar. Amen. And we trust and pray that the Lord will bless the public reading of his word to all of our hearts for Jesus' sake. Amen. There are a number of words that could be used fittingly to summarize the character of the Apostle Paul. And one word that would stand to the fore is certainly the word faithful. Paul was a faithful man. He proclaimed faithfully Jesus Christ to a lost and fallen world. Despite the obstacles, the opposition, the things that he faced in his ministry, uh, Paul continued to be faithful. And what many things he faced. There was one occasion, for instance, when Paul was drawn out of the city of Lystra and was left almost for dead. The people there believed that they had stoned him to death and they left, as it were, his corpse. God, of course, uh, touched his servant, raised him up. He was almost at the point of death, and yet he faithfully continued to preach the gospel. Despite the opposition, despite the hardships and the persecution, he preached one message. Christ crucified, one message, one Savior, one gospel. God's servant preached with a single focus, didn't he, of seeing the Lord glorified, glorified in and through the salvation of precious souls. God blesses faithfulness. And can I say to us all, no matter what spirit of service God has called us to, let us be faithful and seek to be faithful in that ministry to children, to boys and girls, and the youth, in the open air, giving out of tracts, being a personal witness, being a witness in our family. Let us seek to remain faithful to the Lord, to the Jews, the Gentiles, the religious, the irreligious. Paul only preached one message, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Whether it was in the synagogue, the street corner, Paul preached the personal work of the Son of God. Notice what he said here, the words of verse 19. He said, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. King Agrippa, what God had called me to do, I'm still seeking to fulfill. Here we find Paul preaching here to King Agrippa and to the others. We find here that Paul's address to King Agrippa uh, was in response to the fact that 
Agrippa had been asked by Festus, the governor, to help him evaluate the apostle Paul. He wanted King Agrippa to examine him for himself. He was perplexed by Paul, the accusations made against him by the Jews. And we find here that Paul took this as an opportunity to preach Christ. He never missed the opportunity. Look at verse 1 here in Acts 26. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou wert permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth the hand and answered for himself. He stretched forth the hand. He began to preach. And what a message he had. He seized the message before him. He preached to the king here regarding his own spiritual state. And I, after he gave his testimony and he emphasized the great truths of the gospel, the resurrection of the Son of God, and we'll, we'll consider some of that content, it was at this point that Festus, the governor, listening to Paul, he cried out, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Paul, you're a madman. It's madness what you're saying. But here's the thing. Paul could sense God was speaking. He knew, Paul knew that God was working in the heart of King Agrippa. Agrippa was listening intently. It was at that point that Paul turned to King Agrippa and spoke to him in relation to the message. And Agrippa responded the words of verse 28, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. I want us tonight to consider the response of King Agrippa, King Agrippa's response. Notice that this response that he gave shows that he listened. It tells us that he listened to what Paul had said. He said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Now that statement in itself is a remarkable statement. Because here, those words, as we think about them, they reveal to us that King Agrippa, this man, he understood, he realized, he grasped the fact he needed to become a Christian. The Bible clearly teaches Man is not born a Christian. We are sinners by birth, by nature, by practice. You wouldn't want to teach a child to misbehave, to do wrong. None of us would, but a child would automatically do those things. That's its nature, sin nature. You're not born a Christian. Your behavior does not make you a Christian. So many people talk, don't they, about being a good person, about being good living. We have that term here in our country that's used so much and oftentimes someone will say, for, uh, just to give you an example, there was a, a person that we were helping who got saved and we were out with them and a friend met the young person said to them, oh here you've become good living. To which the young lady replied, no I haven't. Well is it not, is it not true? You're not good living. She said, no I'm a Christian. Saved. Sure, it's all the same thing every, anyway, isn't it? No, it's not. It's not the same thing. There are so many people in this country, this land in particular, who think that by being a good person, by living good, by doing good things, that will earn them and merit them favor with God. My father would have fallen into that category. 
read his Bible, went to church, said his prayers, but wasn't saved. My mother would have been the same. Now, let me make it clear. When you're saved, someone's saved by the grace of God, that always, without exception, produces good living and is evidence of salvation. Man is not born a Christian. His behavior does not make him a Christian. You must become a Christian. And King Agrippa understood this very fact. Paul, almost I persuaded me to be a Christian. Paul, I know I need to be a Christian. Agrippa listened to the truth. And what truth he heard. Paul preached to him not what he wanted to hear, but what he needed to hear. The Bible says a faithful of the wounds of a friend, and sometimes those wounds will cut. And before there's a healing, there must be that cutting, as it were. Here we find that Paul preached very faithfully about Christ. And notice who he was speaking to. He was speaking to a man who was from the Herod dynasty. And here we're reading about King Agrippa, also known as Herod Agrippa II. Different Herods that are mentioned in the New Testament from that family dynasty. And every time we could go into that dynasty, we could, we could look at how that whole Herod dynasty was set against the gospel and set against the Lord. You think of how whenever Christ was even born at Bethlehem, how that Herod sought to have all the children under two put to death. That's the same family connection. That's the lineage. And yet, despite who he was standing before, he boldly preached Christ. He preached what Agrippa needed to hear. Men and women, young people, you need to hear the gospel. You need to hear about the only one able to save your soul. He described what it means to be a Christian. He defined it as well. Notice what he says here. Look at verse with me here in the verse 18. Here's the mission. Here's the commission that Christ gave to the apostle Paul. Verse 18. He says to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Paul here preached about the fall. Condemnation. That man stands as a sinner before God to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. Man, you see, naturally born into this world, he's born a sinner. He's blind to the spiritual truth. He can't see his need of God. Man is far away from God. John Newton penned those beautiful words. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, spiritual blind, but now I see. Spiritually, he was able to see. Paul also preached here not about the fall, condemnation, but he preached about freedom from the power of Satan under God. Here's how a man or woman can know freedom and liberty from the bondage and the power of sin. It's through Christ. The Son therefore shall make you free. Ye shall be free indeed. He preached forgiveness, forgiveness of sins, reconciliation through the blood of Christ. There is only one way we can have our sins forgiven. And that is through Christ as Savior. There is no other mediator. He's the one mediator, the one go between God and one who provides salvation between God and man. There's only one mediator. He preached about the future, that inheritance among them which are sanctified. He preached about faith, faith in Christ. He preached with mighty power. 
about the only way to be delivered from the penalty and the power of sin, and that is through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Listen, this is what Agrippa listened to. This is what he heard. This is what he was captivated with, this message, but oh, much more. Look at me here at verse 20. Paul here spoke of the fact that he preached to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do work meets, works meet for repentance. King Agrippa, I've gone to the Gentiles and I've preached to them the need to repent. God is holy, man is sinful. Man needs to turn from his sin, turn away from his sin and turn to God and seek God's forgiveness. That's the message that he preached. What a message of repentance. And he focused upon the person and work of Jesus Christ. Look with me here at verse 22 and then the verse 23. He says in verse 20, well, we'll just read verse 23, that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. Preached about Christ, who Christ is, what he has done. He's a risen Savior. He's in glory. All power is given unto him. This is the message that King Agrippa heard. And Paul, as he preached, as he always did, preached with great faithfulness and fervency, seeking to persuade men. That's a terminology, that's terminology that's used time and time again in relation to the Apostle Paul and his ministry preaching to lost souls. Agrippa said unto him, Paul, almost thou persuadest me. You see, Paul sought to lay before him not only these great truths about who Christ is, what Christ has done, the only way of salvation and forgiveness. Paul didn't just deliver that message. He preached it from a heart of love and compassion. He sought to persuade Agrippa. He pleaded with him. Agrippa, listen to the truth. But King Agrippa looked at a transformed life. I'm sure that as King Agrippa listened to the Apostle Paul, he must have marveled. I mean, here standing before him was the one who was formerly known as Saul of Tarsus, a persecutor of Christians, one who hated the name of Jesus Christ. I mean, here before him was one man standing, preaching the only way of salvation and preaching, preaching with passion, Jesus Christ and him crucified. And no, no doubt Agrippa must have marveled. Is this not the man who put Christians to death? Who with every ounce of energy and strength that he had hated and opposed that name that he now loves and preaches? We read about the apostle in many parts of the New Testament and his life before he was a believer. For instance, we read in Galatians 1.13 that he persecuted the church of God beyond measure. Beyond measure. You couldn't even measure it. 
And now he stands and he preaches forth the gospel. What a witness that was to King Agrippa. You see, Paul didn't just preach Christ. He lived Christ. That's the challenge for every single Christian. That we practice what we preach. That we live that life. That we don't just profess the name of the Lord Jesus. But that we demonstrate and show that transformed life. And the reality of conversion. You think of the testimony of those in Babylon. Psalm 126. The Lord hath done great things for them. Whereof they are glad. Look at their happiness. Look at their joy. Look at their transformation. The Lord has done that. And Agrippa could not deny the power of that changed life that stood before him. Paul preached with passion and love. This verse here, this response, tells us that King Agrippa listened, but it also reveals that King Agrippa was lacking. He said, Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost. He heard the message but he didn't heed the message. Am I speaking to someone tonight? And that could be said of you in your life. You would fall into this category. This is the story, the testimony of your life. That you've heard the gospel. You face the challenges of the gospel. The, the call of the gospel. Calling you to repentance, to turn from sin, to be a Christian. But you have to confess tonight, I'm not a Christian. I'm almost a Christian. What kept King Agrippa back from becoming a Christian? I mean, what was it? Why was he not altogether persuaded? What was it that kept him back? Let me suggest a number of reasons that certainly were factors in keeping King Agrippa from coming and trusting Christ, becoming a Christian. One of those factors, one of those reasons, because of his position. After all, he was the ruler, the leader, the king over the northeastern part of Judea. His position was one, therefore, of royal privilege. Look with me at Acts chapter, just back a chapter, Acts chapter 25, in the words of verse 23, please. We read here. And on the morrow, when, King, when, when Agrippa was come, and Bernice with great pomp um, entered, was entered into the, pallet, the place of the hearing, with the chief captains and principal men of the city, at Festus' commandment, Paul was brought forth. He came with Bernice with great pomp. That word pomp, in the original language which the New Testament was written in Greek, is the word fantasia. It's where we get our word fantasy. And it literally means an empty show. A fantasy. No doubt there was King Agrippa came and he came with all of his pomp and a great show. And it was a great show. 
came there with all of his servants and entourage and all that would, all that would trip along with him. No doubt there would be some and they would look and they would just say, man, he's living the dream. If only I had what Agrippa had. I had a purpose in life. I had something to live for. Out of all my problems solved. And yet in reality, it was an open show. It was empty. Position keeps people back. Passion is certainly another reason why Agrippa was at this point of not coming right through for the Lord. Passion. Many commentators believe that Agrippa was in an incestuous relationship with his sister Bernice. Now, if that was the case, he certainly wasn't willing to give up that relationship and become a Christian. And sadly, there are some who will put a relationship before the Lord. I remember speaking very clearly to a, a man one number of years ago, myself and another brother in the Lord, we were witnessing to him knew that God was speaking to him. He was very challenged about his own need to become a Christian. In many ways, like King Agrippa, he was at that point of almost becoming a Christian. And then he, he broke down in tears and he said, many years ago when he was just a young man, he was out driving his car in North Belfast, Ardoin area. And at that time, during troubles, he came across an army checkpoint. He was instructed to get out of the car to go around to the boot area to open up the boot and to show that there was nothing in it. Or he says that as he done that, he lifted up the boot, he said, I was just standing beside that young soldier. He says, I was standing right beside him and a shot rang out. And that young man stumped down to his death. He said he was shot in the head, inches away from me. He says, I've often thought about day to day and it's, it's troubled me greatly. Why was he killed when I was just inches from him? Could have been me. He said, but what you're saying to me tonight, he says, I know my relationship's not right. He was living with the lady. He said, but I, I just can't. I can't give her up. We pleaded with him. Come to the Lord. Put the Lord first. He will undertake for every relationship that you'll ever have in life. We need to put God first. He never did that. Popularity, no doubt, was a reason. Here he was with Bernice. And here we have Festus mocking, shouting out, Paul, you're mad. Agrippa, you're not going to listen to this madman. Well, by pleasure, the pleasures of the world. Ultimately, the reason why Agrippa would not be a Christian was because of his pride. He was a man of great popularity and renown, but he wasn't willing to take the sinner's place and to cry out to God for mercy. He needed to be a Christian, 
but he was almost. Just meant to say, just very briefly in closing, his response showed that he was lacking. Also, he listened. But this response of King Agrippa, we would have to conclude, is lamentable. It's so sorrowful. To think that here was a man who was so close to becoming a Christian, and yet we never read of him trusting Christ and becoming a Christian. He lived without Christ. Died without Christ. What a tragedy. You think of that rich young ruler who came to the Lord Jesus. Master, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? Sell all you have and give to the poor. Money had become his God, become his idol in his heart. But he went away sorrowful. Tell me, will you leave the meeting tonight sorrowful? If, and when we do hear about tragedies, sadly, but if you hear the report there was someone who was almost, almost saved, you and I know what the consequences mean, what they are. They were almost rescued. means they weren't rescued and they weren't saved it's not enough to be almost you need to be a Christian you need to become a Christian